Hello and welcome to the Vlogging Pod. Tonight we are joined by fantasy author Emily Hornberg. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. I have a lot of questions for you. Um, the one thing I'm most curious about is when I start doing research on you, um, it was because of your publishing um, when you first published. So, can you want to tell everyone when you first published your first book? Yeah, so um, I have one book out right now. It came out in October of 2020. Um, my next one is coming out in exactly two months from today. Um, yeah, with City Well Press back in October of last year, so. Okay, sorry. My one extra phone here has got a slow connection. Hold on a minute, because <laughs> I'm wondering if we're going to. That's okay. Um, yes, that would be why, because it's connected to the wrong freaking internet. Um, anyways, so let's talk about your publishing in 2020, it was the time of a peak epidemic. So what I'm most curious is tell me now yeah. with the second <laughs> one coming out, how does it vary? You know, cause we're still in the kind of a crisis with everything, not as drastic as it was in the beginning. So tell me how publishing now compared to then has worked out for you. It's, it was definitely a challenge. Um, just because even though everybody was at home and like able to read i think just because people were like down like they were even like actively seeking out books sometimes and were kind of burned out by that point in october so it was definitely an interesting time to publish um and especially because like you couldn't do any live events so even of just like reaching out to local bookstores, it, they were like the ones that would reply to my emails, they would be like, oh, like we would like to carry your book, but we're really having a hard time right now. So even like books we want to sell, like we can't because they were even struggling just with like books they knew were going to sell. And so it was just really interesting. But now, um, I'm really excited. I have my first in-person event in May. Wow. Um, so I'm super excited about that where I can actually like connect with the community and talk to people and see them face to face, which I'm just very, very excited about. Um, and I think just now people are just in a happier mood and they're not quite as burned out. People are a little bit more hopeful now. And so I think it's just kind of helping the whole process a little bit more. Like I had a great experience with my first book. It was great, all things considered, but I did have some of those challenges where just like, we were kind of coming out, but we were kind of going back in again. Yeah. And it was just kind of strange, but I think it's kind of nice now that I can start doing a little bit more outreach events and getting to know people face to face. Right. Actually, I was pleasantly surprised about how many interviews you did in uh, shutdown time. Oh, so, thank you. I, it really, because I looked and that was seemed to be the theme about what people were talking about. However, I think that you did an awesome job. I mean, you projected yourself in such a manner that it really captured my intention. So. I commend you on that. Oh, I mean, thank you. <laughs> that makes me feel so good. Oh, oh well, you're, it's well deserved. I don't say compliments just to say it, I swear. Um, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about 
the urban fantasy that wasn't picked up by an agent? Because I believe you had an agent um, get with you at December 1st. Do I have that right? And it was for a fantasy? Yes. Wow, you really did do your research. That's so impressive. Oh, thank you. Um, I try. Yeah, so this book... <laughs> Yeah, so this fantasy series, um, I had gotten picked up in December of 2019, um, December 1st. Um, but yeah, but before that, I had been querying and sending out an urban fantasy for a long time that just, like, didn't really get to get any traction, um, wasn't really seeming to go anywhere. Like, I still have it kind of, like... In the back of my head, I, I like now that I have the hindsight, I'm like, oh yeah, that book was totally not ready to be published at all. <laughs> um, but I still have some of those ideas in the back of my head, and I'm like, okay, I think like getting some more work into it, um, I think that could still be a possibility somewhere down the road. Um, but yeah, so definitely that first that first try. Um, with querying and sending that urban fantasy, it just didn't didn't pan out super well. But I think it worked out for the best. Right. So you you're speaking about the fantasy they got the adult fantasy. So tell me yes. that, that this is with the publishing company. Yes. Yes, it's with uh, City Owl Press. They're um, a small uh, press, and so in a way, it's kind of cool with them where like since they're smaller some of the authors have agents and some of them don't and so this was um just like an editor that i had submitted to okay. um, without an agent and they wanted to take it on okay so with your coming into your second book which now i wasn't going to say this but i might jump ahead of a couple questions <laughs> so just because we're talking about that's the okay book. so i just got to make sure i've got my notes here and i'm going to do that so make a note here where I'm skipping um, simply because why I'm curious is um, since you're on your second book which your release date is today yes mm -hmm. it's two weeks two months from today originally oh, it was okay. going to be uh, today okay. we end up having to push it to mount to May okay okay all right I thought that like I said I do my research <laughs> so just wanted to make sure on that yeah because um, yeah I do see it up on your website where it does say May now so, um, so tell me how the difference is. I mean, you've done two books. With your experience now, would mm -hmm. you revisit the urban fantasy? Yeah, I would really like to revisit the urban fantasy at some point. Um, just like they're just characters, like even though like the story and some of the writing definitely needs some work. Um, the characters I really would like to go back to. They're some of my favorites still. Um, I just, I just really fell in love with them, but I do, I like all types of fantasy. Um, as that's why it's like when I switched to this series, the Cursed Queens that I'm doing now, which are fairy tale retellings and it's more of like a high fantasy. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm like having just as much fun with it. Cause I just like almost all subgenres of fantasy, whether it's high fantasy or it's urban fantasy or paranormal or whatever in between. So what do you think is the big draw for you as far as fantasy? I like, well, it's always just like fun to think about all the different possibilities because it's like, 
you can do so much with it. You can literally just make up almost whatever you want um, and experience whatever you want, which I think is just really, really fun and is great to just like stretch the imagination. But also I think something about fantasy is that even though it's escapist and it helps you to get away from our world and to take a break from it, it kind of helps you learn how to deal with our world better. Right. Because, you know, there's always like those themes of like friendship and family and love and overcoming obstacles and all these things. Right. And so you can kind of address all of these real world things in a place that feels a little bit safer for yourself. So you, then you can go back to the world and face it even better than you could before. But, you know, um, when we talk about fantasy, um, some people might say, oh, because you get to create everything, it's easier. But in a sense, it really isn't. Um, I think writing what you know may be easier, and fantasy might be a little more challenging simply because you have to really do some research and create your entirety of the world around you in that story. So, actually, that takes a lot. So, you know what I'm saying? I, I applaud you for that. (laughs) well thank you so let's talk since we're talking about creating our own worlds let's brainstorm about characters tell me about your process about how you curate your characters so well in a way with um the series the cursed queens books that are coming out right now um because they're fairy tale retellings in a way i kind of have a somewhat easy in with the characters because you kind of already have them laid out for you. You know, like um, the first book, The Knights Chosen was Snow White. Mm-hmm. And so in a way it was kind of able to just take this sort of shell of a character that was already made for me and kind of just dig further into it and just try to figure out like, okay, so she's a princess, but she her stepmother wants her to be dead. So, but yet she has these reactions. And so what kind of a person is that? Like, how can I build on that person who comes out so positively and is so like, because we always kind of like see Snow White as this happy, positive, cheerful person. Uh And so I kind of was like, okay, so like, this is a really, really terrible, awful situation. So how, what kind of a person is still so positive? during all of this and being able to dig into her that way Uh and then on the flip side um now the second book is cinderella which is also another you know like wow she's enslaved in her own house (laughs) this is so tragic (laughs) like this is awful but you know just kind of like figuring out like okay but she's also a pot tends to be a positive character But then also trying to get away from the stereotype of just like, oh, well, she just let the fairy godmother give her what she needed to go to a ball. And so trying to figure out more about the character of like, okay, but why would she want to go to the ball? Like, does she just want to impress a prince? Or is there something else behind it that she wants to go to the ball? Um, So fairy tales, in a way, kind of give me some groundwork to start with. Um, but then when I do a book that's not based on something else, I kind of start to think about the tone of the book 
and what sort of feel do I want? Because, like, I'm pretty good at figuring out, like, the vibes mm-hmm. I want um, and getting the sort of mood. And then the char- the main character kind of comes from that. So if I want the book to be a little bit darker and moodier, you know, I can kind of start creating a character of, like, okay, so, you know, what type of person would fit in this vibe that I want? And I tend to write about themes a lot and think about the themes that I want the story to portray. Um, like my urban fantasy, I really wanted to talk about um, characters where, like, they defined their life um, by their job. Um, it was a character where, like, she her job was to defend against the paranormal. But what would happen if like she couldn't do that anymore and how does she now define herself and so then that character grew from that because that was a theme that i wanted to talk about of like you were defined by this one thing and now that one thing is taken away and where do you go from there right so when you decided to do the the fairy tales which way did you do it? What's what type mm-hmm. of way were you building on? Were you building from Brothers Grimm or Disney? What was your main starting point that you wanted to broaden your story from? I usually go to the Brothers Grimm. Um, I mean, I adore Disney. I'm a huge Disney adult. Right. Um, like I have a child that's millennial sticker on my laptop. Like I love Disney. Right. Um, but. I, I also, even from as a kid, I always wanted to know what the original story was. So even as a kid, I was like watching the Disney movie and then I would go find the really terrible grim fairy tale about the birds pecking out the stepsister's eyes. <laughs> um, <laughs> just to figure out like, where did this come from? Where did they get these ideas from? So I do tend to go back to more of like the Brothers Grimm or Hans Christian Andersen and those to get to the roots. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'll kind of compare to other editions and other versions as well, just to kind of see what other people have done with the tale. Right. So let me, let me go off a little bit of track uh, from your book. So just a second. Let's talk about an sure. anthology. Let's talk about an anthology, uh, Magic Beneath the Mistletoe. How did this come about for you? So that was through um, City Owl Press again, but they've just started a new imprint called Mystic Owl. Um, they just started that just within the past year. And so to kind of help bring out more for this imprint they decided to do a holiday anthology and they just opened it up to all of the city owl authors and they were just like hey if you want to write a short story set in the world you've already created or something new um i think that originally they were only going to take 10 but it ended up being two volumes. I took way more than 10 because so many of the authors submitted. And they were like, well, we don't want to say no to all of these. So they made two volumes. <laughs> nice. Nice. So tell me about. Yeah, it was really fun. Tell me about your story that you created for it. So I did mine as a prequel to my first book, The Night's Chosen. Okay. Um, and I decided to do it where when um, the main character, uh, the Snow White character, when her parents first met. 
Um, I had a few different ideas of what I wanted to do because like there were a couple side characters where I was like, ah, oh, like I would really like to dig into their story a little bit more. Um, but I decided to do what her parents first met. Um, this is I thought it would be really cute and really fun. And even though like we know the tale of Snow White, where we know like you know the mother dies, so in a way it's sad. But if I could just end it when they got together, right. I thought it would be a really fun little holiday story. And then I just wanted to keep on the theme of fairy tales. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to make it a princess and the pea retelling. Ah, nice um, take. Yeah. And so that was, so I thought that would be really, it was really cute and it was really fun, but also a little bit of a challenge just because I tend to be long winded. And so trying to condense everything into like a little short story was a bit of a challenge. Okay. So, okay. When you mentioned long-winded, here's a question just on the fly. Um, tell me the word yeah. counts of your books. Let's talk about that. So, so right now my word counts are right around 90,000 words, which isn't too bad. And sometimes for high fantasy, that actually can be a little bit on the short side. But I will tell you the very early, the early drafts of my urban fantasy was like 200,000 words. <laughs> wow. And you thought it wasn't ready Yeah, yet? and I thought... Wow. Well, <laughs> I thought it was ready, and I was asking for like an author friend for her advice, and I told her my word count, and she was like, um, you need to cut that in half. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Well, right there could be, um, you know, a series if you ever decided to go back to it as well. Yeah, yeah, it could, which could be really fun. Right. So I'm looking at your website, which is, by the way, for anyone interested, it's at the top of the room, but it's also emilyhornberg.com. So I'm looking at your covers, and tell me a little bit about that, because The Knight's Chosen is beautiful. However, we aren't allowed to see the shadows air yet. It's just a little bit of a torn space little bit of a sneak preview, but Tomorrow. not much. Yeah. <laughs> it's just purple. It's just purple, yeah. girly people. So um, <laughs> that's all I'm getting here. It was really hard to make a promo for that. I'm telling you. Um, but I did my best. So I was like, dang it, dang it. Um, and I was looking everywhere for maybe where you may have done something so I could see what it looks like. But I was not lucky. So tell me about the covers. Tell me how your process, if you work with someone, tell me how those come about. So um, so we do have um, a, a company that the publishing house works with. Um, I really hate myself that I can't remember what they're called, um, especially because they are based in the Ukraine. And so like all of us are like, go follow them, go support them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if I think of it, I I will let you know um, in case you ever want to, like, tell uh, your listeners who they are. Right. Um, but they do a fantastic job. And so the first version of The Night's Chosen <coughs> was just, like, like a close-up of a woman and her face, kind of like her torso, in this almost, like, renaissance dress with, like, a lot of stars and stuff. Um and it was really pretty, and I really liked it, but I also think part of me was just kind of in the, like, 
debut author phase of like, oh my gosh, I have a cover. It's beautiful. <laughs> and then my editor said, this looks too bodice rippery. Try again. <laughs> and like, then when I like looked at it again, I was like, okay, yeah, it does look kind of bodice rippery. You're right. right. <laughs> um, so that's when we kind of came up with the idea with this like girl, woman with this like big dress and the castle in the background. Um, and because her magic comes from the stars and the night, you know, we really wanted to have that celestial type of feel. And so I sent them some pictures from like my Pinterest boards to give them the tone I was looking for. And yeah, it just turned out beautiful. It is. Um, it is a very... I know. I feel bad. My cover reveal for the Shadows Air is tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I will make sure that I stay tuned. Um just so people who, who can't see it, but you can see it on her site again, emilyhornberg.com. Um, it's called The Night Chosen, The Night's Chosen. It is beautiful. Actually, it almost gives you the illusion as if she is walking on the sky from the way the uh, oh, clouds or the mm, fogish kind of thing at the bottom, the way it goes. So it almost gives you, you know what I mean? Like it's a castle in the sky kind of element. It really yeah. is pretty. Um, so I I like it. I actually, you know, and the dress is abundant, like you said, so <laughs> it kind of takes the whole thing up, but it gives you that whole fairy tale yeah. element. So very good. Very good. Um, we have about one yeah. minute left, but I want to talk, yes. I'm going to stop my timer okay. cause it will, it will be very loud. Give me a second here. It's going to be, there we go. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I want to admit that I do follow you on TikTok. Okay. <laughs> so. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not very active. I'm sorry. My TikToks are not good. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, they are. I find them. I actually went through your feed to kind of get a sense of you. Um, and actually, I didn't realize I was following you at first. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I know this person. <laughs> I actually, I went and looked and I was like, wait a minute. So. With that, I want you to tell us, especially since TikTok, I mean, it's been around for a little while, but it's the newest, I think, of the social media platforms. So what I would love to hear from you is tell me how that works for you as far as promoting. Do you think it's a, a good vice or a negative or a little bit of both? Tell me how you view it. I think it can be really helpful um, for the people who really are able to dedicate themselves to it. Because the challenge I'm learning with TikTok is that they really want you to be posting every single day, if not multiple times a day. Wow. And, um, yeah, for, like, their algorithm to really, like, kick in and to really be getting on people's feeds. Mm -hmm. And so that's just kind of the challenge where, like, when I have the chance, I try to just, like take like a Sunday afternoon and try to like film a bunch of them all at once and then keep them in my drafts and publish them as I go. I've been really bad about it lately. Um, but I know, so I think like if you're not able to really dedicate the time to it and like really be willing to post consistently like that, because I know even with like the other social medias like Instagram and um Twitter and all of that, they want you posting regularly, but it's not quite as vital that you do it every single day as long as you're consistent. With right. TikTok, they really want it like every day. 
And so that's the one challenge. But I think the people who they really enjoy it and they're able to do that, I think it's a really fun, it's a fun platform. Um, but it's also really funny because I used to do some YouTube back in the day. Please don't look it up. My YouTube videos. <laughs> oh, hey, I know. Um, I'm going on there now. <laughs> <laughs> really long time ago. Like, like way like after college like a really long time ago and I was kind of in the book community there and so it's just really fascinating to like now see the book community on TikTok and how so many of the conversations we were having on YouTube about like representation and are we promoting um, consumerism with all of these book hauls and how are we making sure we're like supporting the people we want to support through our media like all those conversations like are now happening again on tiktok because it's like new community trying to find their footing so it's just very interesting to see how the different communities are like grappling with those questions well you know that um aha, i found you <laughs> um you do know that oh, um... no. <laughs> <laughs> you do know that um they're doing those short takes now on YouTube as well. So, I mean, you can yeah. always revisit that as well. Um, actually, you did really well. You have quite a bit That's of fun. That's true. I could. Go ahead. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's okay. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have over, you have 411 subscribers, and you had quite a bit of views. I mean... I uh, so yeah, I don't see. I actually looks like something that actually is not that bad for you, to be honest with you. Oh well, thank you. Because <laughs> I mean, you got two hundred eighty-six. You're you're doing better than mine. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were a joy to have on. There are actually more questions that I would love to ask you, especially um, seeing this. I might have more. I might have to jot down later on. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you for uh, for being on the program, and I actually am very excited for your new release to come out. And you do have a great presentation; you really do. Your TikToks—it looks like your YouTube's pretty much the same. Facebook, every place I can find you, you're very presentable. Plus, you're you're very warming to those who um, associate and talk with you. So I think you have a great presence, and I want to thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Oh, well, thank you so much, and thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Well, anytime. Thank you again, everyone, for coming in tonight. Again, we have another podcast coming up next Thursday. Um, we are getting more booked. Um, I'm booked up until August, but we always will have room for another author, or you don't even have to be an author to be on the program. You can just have a very interesting tale about your life, and we'd love to have you on to visit with you. Have a great evening, everyone. Thank you again for coming in. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye for now.